This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 941 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you, one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today, Dressage Radio Show co-hosts Reese Kofler-Stanfield and Philip Parks talk about exit strategy. Something you should have before you buy a horse. And we'll get right to our tip after this important message from Equestrian Collections. Hi, everybody. Coach Jen here from the Horse Radio Network, and I am here with Debbie from Equestrian Collections, and she's here with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. Take it away, Debbie. Hi, Jen. Um, This week, I'm featuring color. You know, and I just, all your listeners who listen to me every month know how I love color. This month, uh, this week, I'm featuring the whores, Perry, jumping, bat, and dressage whip. And the reason I'm featuring these is the colors that comes in russet orange. It's bright orange, hot pink, beautiful Ooh. blue. Dang! I just went to the web page. Woohoo! Yeah, and they. Uh, the, but one thing I wanted to mention about this: the bat. It's not. I know you know jumping bats tend to be kind of short. This one is actually longer than some of the jumping bats that I have seen in the past. And so it's almost like almost a crop. It's not quite a crop size, but almost a crop size without the, the uh, wrist band. So you can actually use this for more than just a little bit of a jumping bat. It's more like it's a little bit longer than a regular bat and a little bit shorter than, um, than a crop. And it's got that. It's just really, really cool. Um, that, and the as well as the bat, they also have dressage whips. Now, these whips are particularly long as well. Um, I had to have the orange one, of course. Of course. So I got one of those. And I noticed it is actually longer than what you usually think of with dressage. So that has some good things, too, especially if you're doing some round pen work, but you don't want to do the whole big, you know, lunge whip thing. It's really good for that. Very light. Very, very light and very bright. I'm telling you, if you are in a boarding barn and you have one of these, you're going to know if somebody takes your bat. <laughs> yeah, they're not only brightly colored, but they're shiny and brightly colored. Yeah, they're very, very cool. And they're very inexpensive. I mean, it's less than $11 for the dressage whip and less than 8 for the bat. So they would make fantastic little, like, birthday presents or, you know, um, just, just little gifts for people that... Um, that you might be looking for a little present for, but you don't want to spend a ton of money, but it's really, really, really cool. Great for... I think for... these are, make perfect, perfect gifts for that, so that's why I wanted to feature them this week. Great for riding schools and camps, because you can tell which one is which one, and the kids are that's a lot less right. likely to misplace them. You don't have to put them. a name on it. That's if right. If you have an orange bat, it's going to be yours. <laughs> an orange bat is an orange bat is an orange bat. Well, you can go to <laughs> equestriancollections.com, and up there in the great big search bar at the top of the page, you can just put Whores Perry, H-O-R-Z as in zebra, E, Whores, and then space, and then P-E-R-R-Y, and the search will bring right up both the jumping bat and the dressage whip. Well, thanks a bunch, Debbie. We'll see you next time. 
first up is Lori, who wrote writes into the Facebook page. Um, she's she was the one who asked about. We had a big discussion about buying a horse, and she was the one that asked asked us to to, to, to talk about that. So that's great. That gave us a little bit of talk to topic to to talk about. And uh, she just thanks us for spending the time on the show to talk about horse shopping. It was a great overview from from you and I. She says. And very helpful as she gets started to prepare her finances, etc., for making her first purchase. Love hearing the support for adult amateurs and points on evaluating an off-the-track thoroughbred as well. Very interesting. Keep up the fantastic work. So that makes us feel good. We get a Yay, little bit of, we love that. Yeah, Thanks. a little bit of love, um, which leads me into an email that we got from our one of our longtime listeners, Vera. Uh, Rubinus no I can't say I'm sorry Vera I have a hard time with with last names and I, and I always ruin them and it's Vera if, yeah, Vera, it's Vera who's a wonderful Vera, you listener know, she writes in we talk about stuff all the time um, she wanted to bring up the point uh, that that was a good one and we didn't talk about in this discussion and it might be a great way to wrap up the discussion is about about horse shopping and and we need to talk about what what are we going to do with the horse five, ten years down the road when it's ready to retire or, you know. So what do you think about that? What do you think about that, Reese? Yeah, I think that's a, a great point that Vera brings up that we didn't talk about. And I think both Philip and I are, are passionate about this. And, 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 and I think you have two choices. I think you need to have a plan when you buy a horse um, of any level. Uh, what is how the long? How long do you want to keep yeah, it? Yeah, how long no, do you want to keep it? At what that? point is it time to think about mm-hmm. either the next horse or, right. or not riding or whatever you're going to do, you know, there has to be a long-term plan as well. I think fear brings up a great point. Yeah. Well, and I think you have to be honest with yourself and say, do I want to retire this horse for the rest of his life? Or, you know, I have, I've essentially done what I needed to do with this horse. And is it time to sell my horse and, and move on? And, and I've had students that have done that. And from a financial standpoint, you know, I've just had, especially young riders where the parents are like, I am not retiring this horse for the next 10 years. Right. And and I respect that. Like I absolutely respect that and and we move to to sell that horse and we talk about that. Um and then I also I am personally retiring three horses right now, which on a small farm that creates a little bit of an issue. Um I am retiring my mom's she literally was the inductee of the Mara Hall of Fame for the International Hunter Futurity. First one. Her name is Magician. Um, she will live here till till it is time. Uh, there are days sometimes I'm like, I don't know, Madge. Uh, her name's Magic, and um, mm-hmm. she's she will live here. She she babysits actually my two year old, so uh, she very much has a job here and and will always always be taken care of. Uh, she gets as good of care that I can provide her, uh, and I also have. Um, my two FEI mares, uh, my mare that is, I talk a lot about her, Jamaica. She was my first Grand Prix horse, a really serious Grand Prix horse, won a few Grand Prix in Florida and just, a, and she's the mom of, of three of my kids because uh, I don't have children. So my four-legged kids are my children. Um, you know, she's the mom. So she will always have a home here. She will always be taken care of. And then I have uh, Sammy who was my schoolmaster for years and, and really helped, you know, support my business uh, over time and, and has, was a wonderful workhorse for me. She was as valuable as Jamaica was um, for my business. And so I feel very, very passionately that those two 
oh, well, three horses will be retired. One, the, the two mares, uh, Meep and Sammy, are at a, fr- a friend's farm, um, and they are retired there, and, and Magic lives here on the farm. So I'm very It's a, it's a tricky problem. Yeah. Well, when you yeah, don't have is. your own farm. And you then, don't have your own farm, and maybe right. you want to buy another horse, or, you know, then sure. you, but you've got the expense of boarding. A retiree, right? For yeah, for who absolutely. knows how long, right? I mean, yeah, I don't, can, I don't can know. have a long life, and you want them to have a long life, and and but it can and create some uh, financial hardship if you didn't plan on that, right? Right, and I think and it's, so. It's, it's for sure something to think about, and yeah. and, and uh, well, I mean, I mean, there's also the situation that your seven year old horse that you bought two years ago, you know, gets an injury, and then and then what do you do, right? This, you know, you have to kind of, you know, it happens with horses, right? And yeah. then you can no longer ride them. So, yeah. you know, there has to be a retirement plan or, or you got to, you know, kind of figure things out. So, yeah, Vera, it's very important to think about what's yeah, the end game here. When is it time to 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 sell the horse if, if you don't want to retire it yourself, um, you know, before well, I, something catastrophic, catastrophic, catastrophic happens. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, too, I mean, the question to insure your horse or not to insure your horse. I mean, I... I think that that wasn't something we were going to talk about, but I think that um, that is a, a good question. And, and, and I have uh, different views on my farm. I, I choose to insure my horses. Um, I feel like uh, I don't want to be making a decision on if I can afford the colic surgery or not on my way to the clinic. So right. for that, I right. personally insure them. Um, but I have clients that say, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to do that. And, and, Philip, I don't know what your take on that is. It depends. It depends on the horse, but I think you know, uh, emergency surgery insurance, uh, you know, yeah. is important. And there's, I mean, there's all kinds of different insurance you can get at, at different yeah. price points, and you know, there's loss of use insurance, and and you, I mean, you you can get insurance for everything, right? You know, yep. whether it's horses or cars or houses, and you yeah. can. I think I don't believe in kind of blanket over insuring everything. I mean. You know, you have to sure. look at what's the co- you know what's the value of the horse, and you know what what are you going to do? But yeah, I do like the emergency emergency yeah. surgery I mean, for me, again. So yeah. that it's not a question about money when it comes down to that, right? Kind of and that's decision. for me. I I sleep a little better with that with that and knowing that. So you know, I I I have to build that when I buy a horse. I mean, I have to build that into the cost of the horse along with the vetting. Um, so I think it's important. Um, and then, you know, your decision to, to retire or not to retire, I mean, I think that needs to be in the decision. Or, or are you, a lot of my amateurs, you know, struggle with, am I going to sell this horse or am I not going to sell this horse? And, um, you know, I think that you just need to think about it when you buy a horse. So that's sort of, I think, both Philip and yeah. I, you're, Philip, you're also retiring a horse. So oh, Yeah, I, I have a retired mare. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. she gave us three beautiful foals and I rode her. For for a few years, and my mom rode her for a few years, and 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 now she's retired, and uh, you know I don't I don't live on my own farm at the moment, so so yeah she's a a monthly cost. Um, she's at a nice retirement farm that doesn't have all the bells and whistles a, yeah. a, as the training farm, but yeah I mean it's just something that that you know we kind of knew that we had to accept that that's if we're going to retire a horse that's that's what we have to do and. You know, we'll pay for her for for forever. You know, for as yep. long as yeah. she's around. I mean, that's, and yeah, that's yeah, my view I mean, too. It's part of being a responsible owner to have a plan for for that. So yeah, 
Absolutely. And I think horses that work hard for you um, over many years, um, you know, but again, I have had clients that say, yeah, the horse has got to be sold. It's it, I'm not doing that. And, and I respect that too. And I, and I right. do respect that, right. that, that they're thinking ahead and say, I, you know, I don't want 20 years of, or 10 years or whatever. Um, right. I, I mean, uh, I always bring it up with clients that are thinking like, should I buy a schoolmaster? It'd be really nice to be able to ride the pre St. George movements, for example, and learn from that. And that, and at that point, I always have that discussion. Well, a schoolmaster is great, but you got to think, you know, if you're buying a 15, 17-year-old horse, how long would you like to have this horse? You know, would you like mm-hmm. to ride it for a year and then maybe maybe sell it on to somebody else? But if you have it for three, four years, you're, th- you're really thinking about having to retire that horse. And, and you know, if you, if you can accept that and... and um, you know, that's why those horses don't cost all the money that a 10-year-old Priest and George horse will, will, will cost because somebody's got to be responsible and, and, and retire it and, and, and make sure that a horse, you know, has obviously worked really hard throughout its life and, 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 you know, at the end of the working career, you might be able to, ha- you might have that horse for another 10 years or so or who knows how long, but. Yeah, and then and then and at that at that point, the the client or whoever I'm talking to says, "Oh, well, you know, if I'm paying for a horse, I'd like to be able to ride it." So sure, makes makes sure. a lot of sense. Makes a lot yeah. Of sense, so, so great question, Vera. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, that we didn't add that to our discussion about buying a horse, but I think it's definitely something to chat about and and to think about. And again, as you're buying a horse. Open discussion with your trainer is really important, and these are all things that these yeah. are good Keep questions. Keep the communication going, right? Yep. The, yeah, yeah. Philip and I aren't so? offended by these questions, so yeah. bring yeah, it, bring it great, on. Great so stuff to talk it. about, yeah, because it all plays a part in 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 our role as as um, trainers and and guidance for people. We we want to think about all aspects of of buying a horse or owning a horse or riding or all these things. So it's great. Um, before we finish here, Reese. I wanted to bring up another email. We got we got a few emails. I, I love it. Right we love here. emails. Bring them. We love it. Um, this email is actually from a listener who had a training question that we covered. Um, uh, the listener's name is Jess, and she was talking about I think it's a thoroughbred mare, and we had a big discussion about stretching. She sent us sent us some video of the horse before, and that that led us to a, a great discussion about stretching in a previous episode. And so she sent us a little update. Yes, she just it's says awesome. Here, yeah, just Boston just says, I wanted to thank you and Reese again for taking the time to answer my questions about my mare. It was last December. A friend took some video of her trotting today, and I think just thought I'd send it to you. We went back to the, to the, basis, to the basics as you suggested, and she's made a ton of progress in her, in her contact and movement, I think. She's not curling behind the bit anymore, and she still offers some stretch sometimes but we put more boundaries around it. She's a lot of fun to ride. Thanks for your help. So that's great. And she sent this updated video, and uh, and the horse and the rider look great. Really big improvement in the horse, I have to say. And she looks yes. like she's going really well, and it's yeah. it's nice to see. So again, it well makes done. us feel good if we've helped you a little bit in your riding. Send us, you know, a video or some email, and uh, and gives us a great great reason for for doing the show and and. You know, helps us think that we're doing a good job. So exactly. Thank you you very much, Jess. Thank you very much. Good job. Keep up the good work. Keep it up. Well, there you go. To listen to more tips on topics ranging from barn care to websites for horse people, just go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the topics drop down menu on the left. 
And you can listen every week to the Dressage Radio Show with Reese and Philip at dressageradio.com. Or you can have every single one of your Horse Radio Network shows with you in one place wherever you go. That is in your phone. Go to your app store for Android, Android or iPhone and search Horse Radio Network and download the free Horse Radio Network app today. And this podcast has been made possible through the generous support of EquestrianCollections.com and listeners like you. Listeners like me, you ask? Well, yes. Folks like you who enjoy the great podcasts on the Horse Radio Network can support your favorite programs by supporting our sponsors like EquestrianCollections.com and also by becoming an official auditor. For as little as a buck a month, you can help support Horse Radio Network programs and qualify for cool auditors-only perks Go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the great big Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. (laughs) 